Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 279 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you again this week. And if you're new to the show, welcome. I love connecting with listeners and DMs on Instagram. So if you haven't DM'd me, you can go ahead and go over there. I'm Veronica E. Grant. Say hello. Tell me a question you have. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I respond to all the DMs that I get, and I really love connecting with you there. I've also got lots and lots of episodes. This podcast is going on six years old, which is absolutely bananas in my mind. So you can certainly just scroll through, you know, whatever podcast player you're using while you're listening to this. You can also go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you scroll to the very bottom, there's a search bar, you type in the search bar, whatever keywords, or even a question that you have, and just see what episodes pop up. And that can help you, you know, zero in on some topics that you're curious about and want to learn more about as it relates to your love life. And if you don't see an episode with a topic or a question that you have, then let me know. I'm happy to consider adding something like that to the queue for a future episode. All right, we're going to get right into this episode. I'm super excited about it, but let's be real. I'm excited about all my episodes, but this one I think will probably speak to pretty much everyone listening and here's how I know. So I work with a lot of different clients. The youngest client I've ever worked with, I think is about, or was about 26, 27 at the time we worked together. And then the oldest person I believe that I've worked with is 66, 67, something in that age range. Now, obviously someone who is 26 is gonna probably be in a very different life stage than someone who is 66, um, maybe some different 
love life goals, different stages of life, all of those kinds of things. But no matter the age, whether they're 26, someone that are 30s, 40s, 50s, or, you know, my 66 year old client, everyone believes that they're getting too old and time is running out. So my 20s and 30s think that they're getting too old to get married and start a family. My 40s and 50s think they're just getting too old and they have to meet someone before they become old. And then clients in their 60s think they already are old and, you know, time is running out or time is out for them. And obviously, you know, none of this is absolute truth by any stretch. I think age is an interesting thing because obviously like there is truth to it, right? Like we are humans and we're here on planet earth for a finite number of years. And on average, that tends to be around 80-ish or so years. And so someone who is in their 60s, for example, will most likely have less years in front of them than someone who is in their 20s and 30s. Although, of course, that is not also universally true. But the point is, is that, you know, there is truth around age. But I think where it becomes problematic is when we make the number we attach to our age mean something. So we're in our 50s. And so no one you know, no guys in their 50s want to date other 50 year old women, they all want to date 20 something year old women, or I can't have the kind of sex or the kind of relationship that I want, because my boobs are sagging, and no one thinks that's attractive anymore, right? Like, yeah, it might be true that some men in their 50s want to date women in their 20s, or it might be true that your boobs are sagging more than they were when you were 25. But that doesn't mean no one's gonna have sex with you or that you can't find it a man your age who wants to date someone their own age either, right? But the problem is, is that you operate as if whatever story you're telling yourself as it relates to your age, as if it were absolute truth. And that's where you can run into trouble. So, and and that's really where I'm getting to in my coaching call with Melissa. So Melissa has all of these beliefs, right? She's too old. She doesn't have time. She's too busy. She's too tired. And look, like, We can keep telling ourselves these beliefs and we can keep operating as if they are absolute truth. But at some point, you've got to stop and ask yourself, why am I telling myself these, essentially they're lies, but why am I operating as if they're absolute truth? And how is that absolute truth actually holding me back? So whether or not you think that you are too old to date or too whatever to date or too whatever to find the love that you want, I want you to just think of one or two running beliefs that you have. So I'm not good enough, or I'll never find love, or I'm too old, or I'm too fat, or I'm not pretty enough, or whatever it is. And I want you to keep that belief in mind as I help Melissa to debunk some of the beliefs that she has. And obviously, you're not going to have the same exact life experience as her, you know, we get into some of the inner child stuff with her. Uh, Obviously, your experience will be different. But I want you to ask yourself the same questions that I'm asking her and see what kind of conclusions and understandings can you get to see why you have these beliefs, see what these beliefs are really about and where they come from and what they're protecting you from. Because I think when you can answer those questions, then you can begin to let them go. And then continue to date and continue to find love at whatever age you are. And almost let that be more of an asset rather than something that's, you know, like a liability holding you back. All right, before we get started, I have just one piece of business for you. Uh, So last week on the show, I introduced you to my friend, Sarah, and she is a matchmaker based in the UK, and she works with clients all over the world. And she shared a little bit more about matchmaking and how it works and how she works. And it was a super fun episode. A lot of you all loved it. I got great feedback, which I'm super pleased about. And I'm even more pleased about because we are actually co-hosting a workshop together called How to Consciously Couple. We're using the best of both worlds. So I'm really all about doing the inner work and the deep work to get 
you know, over and shift your patterns that are holding you back in your love life. And she's really more about like the tangible and the practical piece of of dating, like body language and how you're showing up and communication and all that kind of stuff. So we combined forces and we are hosting this workshop. It's on September 19th. So at the time of this episode is released, which is September 16th, I believe, or whatever that Thursday is, uh, the workshop is three days away. So if you're listening to this before the 19th, then make sure you head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash conscious coupling super soon so you can sign up and not miss the workshop. And if you are listening to this episode after the 19th, not to worry, we are actually going to be putting up the recording on demand. So you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash conscious coupling and still sign up and get the recording. Of course, if you are listening to this before the 19th, I highly recommend you come live because you will have opportunities to ask us questions and get coached and all that kind of good stuff, um, you know, by us. And it's totally free. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash conscious coupling and join me and my friend Sarah, who is a matchmaker in all things. Well, as you guessed it, conscious coupling. And if you want to get to know Sarah a little bit more, then I do recommend you listen to the episode from last week. That's episode 278, where you get to hear a little bit more about Sarah and the work that she's doing. And that will just get you really nice and prepped for our combined workshop next week. All right, with that all being said, let's dive into my coaching call with Melissa. Hi, Melissa, welcome to the show. How can I help today? Hi, Veronica. Well, I'm eager to get your feedback on my dating life. Okay. Yeah, so I took eight months off dating. I'm a more mature woman, took eight months off and did some codependency work and And now I'm back into the dating world. Nobody's knocking on my door too heavy. I've got a couple random things, but I decided this time I want to stay off the dating apps for a lot of reasons. And I listen to your show. I love it. And I just wanted to truly get some coaching from you. Okay, great. So what's your question? I, I mean, I see a little, a few things that might be coming up, but what's the specific question that you have? A part of me feels too old in my upper Mm fifties, too tired and too busy at work. You know, my, my business is going really well. And I just, by the time I work and I work out and I play with my cats and I talk to my neighbors, you know, and really my commitment to coming back to dating is to find an honest, healthy relationship. You know, I'm not even going to say marriage. I just, I don't want these immature souls that I was meeting on the dating apps and the before me would, would get needy and and attached to a man too quickly. That's what I worked on. Yeah. So now I'm open. Like if you were to say to me, Hey, give the dating apps a try, but wear aluminum foil when you go so you can bounce back (laughs) Um, any resistance. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard that, but it's good. (laughs) And I, you know, I'm a sensitive person, but I don't know. I, I truly, I'm curious what you have to say. Okay. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. On a scale of one to 10, how important is your love life important to you right now? About a seven. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you this. When you think of your love life, if your mind went straight to supported, healthy, loving relationship, how important would your love life be to you? As opposed to immature men, the aluminum foil, the, all the bullshit, like that kind of stuff. See what I'm saying? Just wanting sex. Yeah. Yeah. So if it was like 
the first thing that I said, like the supporting, loving relationship. And that's what it was. And that's the only thing it could be. How important would your love life be for eight. you? Eight. Eight. Okay. So what are you, what are you getting from this? Cause I'm seeing something, but I want to know what you see. I'm afraid. Yeah. What are you afraid of? Just finding men that are immature and want just one thing and it's not worth my time. Right. Right. And I can get, yeah, I've gotten lost before in relationships. I'm truly, I am truly busy and I am truly tired. So I'm not, I'm not like 21 anymore. <laughs> oh, it's be 21 again. Um, <laughs> I'm trying, the point that I'm trying to make here is that, you know, it's kind of like that association game. What is it called? Taboo or something? Like when you say a word and then you see like what other words your mind goes to immediately. Am I thinking of the right mm-hmm. game? I, I don't know. I, I used to play this game when I was little. But the point is, is that if there's a small or a big part of you, when you think of relationships, it just goes to exhausting. Like all these guys that just want sex or just like toxic and like draining and and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and that's like the part of you that is kind of deeper down than like the more external part. That's like, yeah, I want a relationship. I want a relationship. That deeper down part is really what's going to be driving a lot of the action and a lot of the behavior. And so then it's like, oh, I'm too tired or I don't have time. And it's easy just to push this thing back onto the back burner because you have this crappy association with it. And it's not surprising. Like, why would you go out of your way when you're already tired and don't have a lot of time for this thing that's kind of crappy? Right. Exactly. And I deep down, one of my big values is partnership. Like I just hired a part-time assistant and I love partnering. We were shopping for phones together and I want someone to help me decorate my house. I'm going to hire, you know, I like partnering with my cleaning lady and I'd like a partner for companionship and maybe even life. Truly that I think that would make my heart sing. I'm just, and I'm a recruiter by nature. I know that, you know, it's a numbers game. Well, I don't know about that. All right. Yeah. Cause (laughs) I'd like to think I could write a book on, you know, how to date like a headhunter. You just screen really well and you, you avoid all the, the bad stuff. You just discard them. Well, okay. That's like a whole other conversation we could get into, which we can if you want. But right. what? I, okay. But I'm just going to say something from just based on what you've said over the last 30 seconds is I'm going to, I'm going to say that that eight is really like a nine or a 10, but there's a part of you that's like either a, I can't have that or B not really believing that's possible. And so you still have this negative association with dating and relationships, which is what's keeping you from spending the time and energy that you need in order to not only find, but then create the right partner. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm an open book. It's like, part of me doesn't believe it. It's like, I see everybody else shopping at the mall in partnership. I'm like, somehow God just says, it's not for you, Melissa. So if other people can have it, why can't you? I don't know. No, tell me, really think about it. Answer the question or do your best. If other people can have it, why can't you? I'm flawed. Okay. And when you're flawed or when you believe you're flawed, what do you do? Or what do you not do? Just stick to my routine. Because? It's safe. Okay. And what does that safety get you? Time with my cats. <laughs> what does that give you? I mean, I got routine, structure, and sometimes frustration. 
And even though it's frustration, it's a frustration that you're familiar with and you kind of know how to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I can keep really busy, super busy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can get frustrated with your love life and you're like, this sucks, this sucks. And then you know exactly how to distract yourself from it. Oh yeah. I went dancing Friday night and Saturday I went voting with a girlfriend and Sunday a party with my family. I was so busy this weekend. It was nonstop. But then the frustration of how to navigate a new relationship, balancing that new time dance, that new energy dance, because you're putting your energy in other places. It's just a new frustration. It's just a new thing. It's unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar for right now since I took so much time off. I've learned how not to seek validation from men. And I think I have a theory that older women have a smaller pool. And I don't think I'm wrong on this one. Like I said, I'm not 20 anymore where, you know, it's plentiful. There's lots of men, available men that don't have a ton of baggage. And I've done a lot of personal work. So not that I'm looking for someone with personal growth per se, because I did listen to your podcast on that. I think it's a smaller pool of men. Well, I mean, I don't know where you are. You don't have to disclose that here on this podcast. Um, However, you know, I don't want to deny the patriarchal tones, you know, where like, you know, George Clooney can get older and, you know, he ages like a fine wine, whereas women get older. And there is definitely a trope of, you know, you know, just being like an old lady washed up or whatever. So I, I understand that. And I want to acknowledge that what's the word I'm looking for, like societal norm that's certainly out there. That doesn't mean though, it has to define your experience. It doesn't mean you're not going to experience that at some point while, while dating or while meeting people, but it doesn't have to be the experience. I also find that when the numbers are smaller, look, like I know that I'm younger than you, And also I really wanted to marry someone Jewish. There's not a lot of Jews. (laughs) I think we're like point like 2% of the U S population. So like, I know what it's like, like, Oh goodness gracious. The, the pickings are, are slim, but I think that there's actually, you know, when, when most of the people that you meet, whether they're IRL or on the apps, when most of the people that you meet are no's, you know, that's actually not a bad thing because decision overwhelm, decision fatigue, these are all very real things. And the thing is, is like, you only need one. You only need one. You don't need 10. You don't need five. You don't even need two. You only need one. So look, we could like go through this laundry list of all these beliefs that you have. You know, we've talked about the age. We've talked about being busy. We've talked about the energy. Like all of these are just beliefs, but I think we need to get to the core of what these beliefs are really about and why they keep coming up as excuses. Yes. Because- I think right now you're letting the beliefs be absolute truth. Like I'm too busy. Therefore I'm too tired. Therefore I'm too old. Therefore, right. and nothing is an absolute truth. Right. I agree. Okay. So if you weren't too busy, if you weren't too tired, if you didn't believe you were too old or whatever, what would be different for you? Well, too busy to break it down. I'd go to more places Mm -hmm. and I would do the serendipity type of thing. Uh, Too old. and just be myself. Mm -hmm. Just connect, you know, and I've worked on that a lot. 
too tired? Well, if I'm tired, take a nap and then drink a coffee and get back up. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So the work that you've done around codependency, I don't know exactly what that inner work was, but I think whatever it was, you can probably find a way to apply it to the fear of just doing something a little different because these beliefs are holding, are keeping you safe and you can choose to like, to keep holding on to them, or you can choose to figure out why they're there and do that inner healing. And then I'm not saying they're going to go away or that they even should go away, but I am saying that you don't want them driving the car. They can be in the backseat. Right. Because I think part of the fear was the way I was as a, as a codependent is I'd get attached to the wrong people. And I, I didn't, the bottom line, I didn't know how to walk away in the beginning. So I did an inventory of all the, all the men that I've been with dated and all the red flags that I could have left on day one. I could have left on 30, 60, 90 days instead of getting married a few times (laughs) and dating, you know, and uh, there have been some fellows that I dated that turned out to be friends. It hasn't been a disaster all the way around, but it's, it's just, I think the work I've done, I'm able to say, look, this, this gentleman, we've gone on four or five dates. It's not working. And I can detach. Let me me pause your, let me pause. You have two questions. Yeah. First question is, have you forgiven yourself? No. Okay. That's the first issue. Because if you haven't forgiven yourself, I probably already know the answer to the second question, which is, do you trust yourself? I would find I would be led to believe that it is very, very hard to trust yourself if you have not forgiven yourself. Right. No, I don't. But I have a support system to help me trust, you know, some girlfriends that they're, they're on call for it when I do go on a date. That's wonderful. And you also have to trust yourself. There's no way around that. I'm trust myself more than ever. But once you get in the dating arena, it, it's like getting in with the bulls, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's one thing to normal want. to you know, like, again, if we were to like rank ourselves or score ourselves and like, you know what, in my career, I trust myself 10 out of 10. In my health, I trust myself eight out of 10. And this part of my life, seven out of 10 relationships, two out of 10, you know what I mean? Or whatever, you know, the scores are, that's totally normal. That's not surprising to me by, by any stretch, but that doesn't change that we have some work to do around the self-forgiveness and the self-trust, because as long as the answer to those two questions are no, then what you do is, I mean, like, how can you possibly date when you don't trust yourself? Because when you don't trust yourself, it's impossible to trust other people because the way in which you trust other people is trusting yourself to know whether or not someone is trustworthy, if they're safe, right? So if you can't make that call, you're basically like, just looking at someone and like, I don't know, I think so. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or you're going off of someone else's playbook and not your own playbook. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know how you would trust someone else if you don't trust yourself. Okay. But in order to trust yourself, you have to forgive yourself. And I don't mean forgiving yourself for past mistakes. Okay. Because that's kind of like the trope of, yeah, I forgive that you fucked up in the past, like whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't really believe in this whole idea of like mistakes or failures or whatever, because that gets into the area of like, oh, this is good. This is bad. This is good. This is bad. And that's just not a great way we want to relate to ourselves. What I want you to do instead is I for- forgive yourself 
for buying into the misunderstanding that you needed these men to feel good enough or whatever the exact codependency reason or relationship was. Do you know what I mean? And if you can forgive that version of yourself who, you know, got married to this man or these men or whoever, because you didn't know who you would be without them, or you believed you wouldn't be good enough, or you would be judged, you know, if you were single or not with this, or whatever, you know, again, whatever the story is, you're forgiving yourself for that misunderstanding. And can you see how that's really different than forgiving yourself for so-called mistakes? Yeah. And then can you see how when you forgive yourself for the misunderstanding, you open the doorway to then begin being able to trust yourself in future decisions? Yes. Because you're separating yourself from the past actions. You're like, oh, I am someone who, I am a person who took these actions, not because I'm codependent or I'm a people pleaser or I'm whatever, but you can see yourself as this person who took certain actions because you are someone who had certain wounding and you needed that wounding healed or, or that void filled for you. And so it separates you from the past actions, which then gives you space to trust yourself in future interactions. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's like building awareness, like a, a big part of the awareness piece, which is always the first step in healing is separating you, your like soul person from actions that you've taken. Right. Cause my authentic self is beautiful, free, deserves what she wants is trusting is love. And, and what I've been working on is I can use my intuition. I can know if I'm in a safe situation. Yes. But you have to look at your past experiences differently first. Okay. Separate myself. From the actions you took. My, my true self from the actions. Yeah. Because what that also allows you to do, you know, as far as I know, you're human. Mm-hmm. Which means, <laughs> I always say that. I don't know. I think I'm funny, but I'm probably not. Anyways, so as long as you're human, you will make mistakes in the future. You just will. Okay. So you might attract someone from a previous pattern. You might go on more dates with them than you care to admit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you've been able to forgive yourself and separate yourself, your previous versions of yourself from actions that that previous version of yourself took, then when you do make these so-called mistakes in the future, then you can do the same thing. You know, I just had a mind pop that I miss my old self. My old self was flirty and sexy and drinks a lot to numb out during the date. Well, I don't know if numbing out is necessarily a thing you want to aspire to, but in terms no, of like, the, no, that's, that's my old self, but I don't want to be that person. I want to be aware and pick healthy people and not, and like I said, I don't, it may be not even too tired. I don't want to waste time. I, I don't have interest in that going out with someone just to party or, you know, I got other things I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and this is going to go back for a second to the piece around getting older. Yeah. Whenever I'm working with a client and they're like, oh, I have this part of me and they see it as a burden. So whether it's age, weight, any kind of disability, body size, illness, children, anything that they call so-called baggage or burdens or problems or whatever, then 
I was asked, okay, well, what's the blessing of it? You know? And so maybe one blessing of getting older is that we're just wiser. And I know at least for me, and I invite you to take this on if it resonates is the older I've gotten, the less fucks I give. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> and, you know, if someone's going to judge you, because you're older or because of your age or because of whatever reason they're going to judge you for, then like you just have no fucks to give. Not even one. Well, like, really? Like why? Like don't even waste your time. It's just like, it's not I, even, I don't even want you to police their behavior, especially if they're like on the apps. It's just like a block and delete. Like, it's just not even like, you know, I'll tell you. I'm definitely wiser, Veronica. I, I think it's the judgment of men which is rough for me. That's why I don't want to be on the apps. Um, well, cute. look like, and, and the other thing is, you know what? Some men who are in their fifties or sixties, you know what? They want to be with a 20 or 30 year old woman. And you know what? If that's what they want, they're allowed to. So instead of trying to resist those people or appease those people, it's like, you know what? That guy wants a 20 year old woman. And <laughs> here's the deal. I know I'm good for my age. Want, there are men who want a mature woman who's in a similar life stage, you know, who, you know what I mean? It's just in a different life stage. Those men exist too. But if you're giving a lot of time and energy and attention to these other men, you're just going to miss the ones who want someone more mature. Right. And plus you, I look good for my age. I, I, yeah, I, don't even say like for your age, you know what I mean? Cause that's, can you see how that still has like a lot of like judgment particularly patriarchal judgment it does you know it's um that's a whole different topic that age topic but i i feel like i look really good and i'm maintaining everything dyeing the hair doing the nails working out you know it's just but crazy do that, for think, you, do that for you not because like I, yes i do i okay. love working out okay and i don't want to have yucky gray hair yes well, again, let's, not, let's let's just like watch the judgment I know I'm like, I know I'm like kind of being a little tough with you, but like, there's just a lot of judgment, you know, a lot of judgment. Yeah. I think there's mourning because the way I used to date, it's, I've taken that out of my system. So now I just want healthy people. And even if it doesn't turn into a life partner, I don't want it to be drama and all kinds of things. And I, okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to pause you again Yeah, because you're still dating from that fear-based place. And this Mm -hmm. is because of the lack of forgiveness and the lack of trust. 
Like, I don't want da, da, da. like, so when I do um, consult calls with, with potential clients, I'll often say like, Oh, what do you want in a relationship? Or what does it look like? Blah, blah, blah. And um, a lot of times without even like me telling, like, I'm just sitting here, I'm not saying anything. And like, they might start talking and like three words into the sentence, they're telling me what they don't want. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And that, and that tells me a lot about where they are. And you're mm-hmm. doing the same thing. So it's telling me a lot about where you are. And that is that you have not forgiven previous versions of yourself who've been in these relationships. And there is little to no self-trust because you keep talking about what you don't want. And you're even saying like, I want healthy, I want da-da-da. And that's still to me like is a very fear-based statement. Um, because mm-hmm. the way that I want you to date is how do you want to feel? Not how you don't want to feel, but how you do want to feel in your ideal relationship you can feel that feeling in your body. We feel feelings in our body. And then you date from that place. Meaning like, if you're able to feel how you want to feel when you're spending time with someone, then that's, you know, generally a good sign. If you're beginning to not feel like that, or if you're feeling like a clenching in your chest or like knots in your stomach or something, that's generally a bad sign, you know, where you might need to have a conversation to get on the same page, or it might just be a sign that this fit is this not, or this relationship is not, is not the right fit for whatever reason. It could be because it's, is truly the beginnings of a potentially toxic, unhealthy relationship, or it could just be because he could be perfectly perfect person. It's just not right for you either way, but you don't have to sit there and figure that out. You just have to know, you know what, this doesn't feel right, but it's really, 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 really hard to do that when you haven't forgiven yourself and when you don't trust yourself because everything will be fear-based and you cannot date from fear. Because when you when there's that much fear, it is just so hard to listen to your intuition. Okay, so how what's the best way to forgive yourself? You're saying just so you listen down. to my podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. familiar with inner child work, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's it's very similar the way that I might you know guide a client to go back and like talk to their five year old self who didn't feel good enough or felt like mom was ignoring her or whatever. You do yeah. the same exact thing with the previous versions of yourself that was in these relationships. So instead of going to talk to your five-year-old self, you might be talking to your 35-year-old self. So obviously your 35-year-old self is not a child. So it's not like inner child work per se, but it's very, very similar in the sense of like, you're going to talk to your 35-year-old self. Like, and you're not like criticizing her. You're not like being like, well, you made some mistakes, but don't, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, sweetheart, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're feeling this way. I'm so sorry that you're feeling so lonely that you feel like you have to stay with this person, even though, you know, he treats you like shit. I just want you to know I'm here for, you know, it's that kind of language. You know, you're just really, really there. Unconditional support, no judgment at all. And then from that place, you can be like, and I forgive you, you know, I forgive you for staying with this person well beyond the expiration date of this relationship, I see now that you were just doing what you thought was best. I can see that now. I can see that our little five-year-old girl is hurting, you know, because I'm sure the inner child obviously was playing out in all of these past relationships, but you just develop that kind of relationship with her. And then Mm -hmm. when she can begin to feel like it's safe, then it's much easier to trust because again, you still will make mistakes. But like, I mean, imagine like a really strict parent or a really strict teacher who would just get so angry and like scary angry when you were a kid, if you were to make a mistake, you would be like, 
Oh God. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel comfortable trying anything new because you'd be so afraid of getting in trouble, you know, you know what I mean? And so we can act very similarly when we, when we treat ourselves like that. So if you're like, no mistakes, (laughs) then that's basically what you're doing to yourself inside. You're like, I cannot make a mistake. I must attract an, an healthy relationship. Someone who's into growth, someone who's, but like, then you stop yourself from actually taking any action because you beat yourself up so bad in the past Mm -hmm. that like you're going to do the same thing in the future. And there's just, you're not giving yourself any space to just be a freaking human. I like it. It's rigid. Yeah. So I would listen to a few uh, previous, I'll, I'll try to find some of them in the show notes for you as well, but just a few previous episodes where, you know, we, where I really do some inner child work process with a, with someone in the call. And then you do the exact same thing with the previous versions of yourself in a relationship. I want to picture myself. (laughs) Uh, So we're, we're doing a video recording and Melissa just showed me a picture of her inner child on her desk, which I love. I love mine's in my meditation area, which is, I can't reach it right now. As a kid, you're so fun and you're free. Uh you're, You're more exploratory. Mm-hmm. You just—I miss that part. That—that's the part I miss. Yeah, boxed in and rigid. Yeah. So your present-day self can work with the previous versions of yourself to let that inner child shine through. Yeah. Very good. Forgive myself. And okay. All right, my dear. Was this helpful? Yes. Good. I'm so glad. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you, Veronica. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you, and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you, Melissa, for coming on to the show. As always, I so appreciate all the women who come and are willing to be vulnerable and open with their lives and be coached. It really is so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you for helping to make this podcast so special. 
If you are interested in coming onto the show and being coached by me for free, you can head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. And there you'll see a little link that says something along the lines of want to be coached on the podcast, you can click that and there you'll fill out a quick Google form. And then that will be sent to me and you'll be added to the wait list. And then when I am opening up spots to um, record these episodes, I will send you an email and let you know. All right, so you can tell from my coaching call with Melissa that she had a lot of untrue beliefs. She was too old, she was too tired, not enough time, not enough energy. Look, it's not that these things aren't true at all, right? We talked about the age piece. I'm sure she is tired. I'm sure that there are a lot of things going on in her life. It's just that she was letting herself act as if those beliefs were absolute truth. And ultimately, that was holding her back because whatever we believe to be true, we're going to act as if, right? So while we could go through all of her beliefs and debunk them one by one and pick them apart and see how they weren't totally true. And I think there is value in that. And I do do that kind of work with my clients, depending on the beliefs that they're coming to me with. For the sake of this show, I really just wanted to get to the root of why these beliefs were there in the first place. And so that's when I asked her two questions. Has she forgiven herself and does she trust herself from past relationships? And look, the answers to these questions are yes or no. Yes, there is lots of nuance in life. There are a lot of gray areas in life, but some questions are just black and white. Either you trust yourself or you don't. You trust your partner or you don't. You either have forgiven yourself or you haven't. And if you haven't forgiven yourself for these so-called mistakes that you've made in your past relationships, it'll be impossible for you to trust yourself. Now, I just want to talk about that word mistake for a second. And if you've listened to the show for a while, or if you're a client of mine, you've probably heard me say this before, uh, but I can't emphasize this point enough. I really don't believe in this idea of mistakes. Um, You know, even if you did something that was wrong or, or bad, I really believe that you were doing the best you could at the time with the knowledge and tools that you had at your disposal. And the actions that you took were most likely based on needing to feel loved, needing to feel like you were safe and needing to feel like you belong. So let's say you went through your, I don't know, your boyfriend's text messages or something. Yeah, you could say that's wrong, right? That's a boundary invasion. However, and it's not to say that like you're absolved of of any wrongdoing, you don't have to apologize because it's not a mistake. Like, no, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that what was driving that behavior isn't you were a bad person. It was you were trying to make yourself feel safe. You were trying to reassure yourself that he wasn't cheating on you or whatever the intention behind that was, right? So can you see how if you continue to tell yourself you made all these mistakes and you beat yourself up for making the mistakes, for being a bad person or being naive or being dumb or whatever, can you see how then you're not really allowing yourself to make potential future so-called mistakes. And so you keep telling yourself the story that you made these mistakes and you did this and you did that or whatever. And then you're so scared of doing that same thing again, that you almost just get to this place where you just can't do anything because you're just totally frozen. And so then this is where all of, at least for Melissa's case, where all these beliefs came in. These beliefs are just reasons like, okay, I don't have to deal with a potential failure or a potential mistake that I can make because I've got these other things that are playing out set. So it just ultimately ends up becoming somewhere where you can point the finger to. And again, emotionally, that just feels you know much safer. Now, in this episode, we didn't have time to go into connecting with previous versions of Melissa or her inner child so that she truly could forgive herself, not for making quote unquote mistakes, but for buying this misunderstanding that she had to do 
XYZ in order to be good enough or whatever it was, right? What I want to point out, though, is so much of what Melissa said was about herself was out of judgment. Look, like, if you want to dye your hair, because you don't want gray hair, dye your hair. But did you notice the judgment she had about her gray area? Sometimes when you constantly nitpick at yourself or judge yourself, it's hard to see how hard you really are on you because it's just normal. It feels like second nature. And when you're this hard on yourself and this judgmental on yourself, it's no wonder that you just come up with all these reasons about why you can't date or can't do whatever the scary thing is, is because you just don't want another reason to beat up on yourself because you're already doing that more than enough. So here are your action steps from this episode. So one is to forgive yourself for past mistakes, like really, really forgive yourself. And again, even if you did something that you know was wrong, you were doing the best you could with the tools and resources and knowledge that you had at the time. You were taking that action because you needed to feel loved, you needed to feel safe, or you needed to feel like you belong. Again, that does not absolve you of any responsibility of any true wrongdoing that you that you did to someone. But it can't also be an opportunity for you to continue beating yourself up about because then you will never be able to move forward because you will just be so scared of making the same mistake again and again and again. And then you're going to be even that much more cruel to yourself. And it's just going to be this endless cycle that's going to be really, really hard to get out of. So I don't want you to forgive yourself for the actual mistake. I want you to forgive yourself for buying into the misunderstanding that led you to the mistake. So for example, we'll go along the lines of looking through your ex-boyfriend's phone. I don't want you to forgive yourself for making the mistake of going through your ex-boyfriend's phone, because that's again, playing in this idea that you were wrong and you made a mistake, right? What I want you to do for the purposes of this exercise is to forgive yourself for buying into the misunderstanding that the only way you can feel safe in the relationship you were in was to get proof that your boyfriend wasn't cheating on you. But when you forgive yourself, I don't want you to forgive yourself for making the mistake. I want you to forgive yourself for the misunderstanding behind the mistake. So let me give you an example. And we'll use the going through your boyfriend's phone example. So instead of forgiving yourself for going through your boyfriend's phone, I want you to forgive yourself for buying into the misunderstanding that you needed to go through your boyfriend's phone in order to feel safe in the relationship. Because the truth is, is that there are other ways, there are healthier ways to feel safe in a relationship. And that can be through establishing communication, through healthy boundaries, through healthy uh, trust, all that kind of stuff, right? But you were in a relationship and there's lots of other reasons for that, for being in that relationship, but you were in a relationship where you clearly didn't feel safe, right? You probably didn't feel loved or at least not 100% of the time. And so you did what you knew how, you did what you needed to do. So you went through your boyfriend's phone to confirm or to see if there were any text messages from another woman or whatever. And so it's not so much the action that I'm worried about you forgiving yourself for. It's more of like, oh, sweetheart, I know you were just feeling really insecure. I know that you were so scared in that relationship. I just forgive you for buying to this understanding that you just had to go through your boyfriend's phone to find, you know, any text messages, right? Can you feel that? That's what you're forgiving yourself for. Because if you can relate to yourself in that way, then it's it frees you up to date and and go outside your comfort zone and take big leaps in the future because you're not setting yourself up for this false dichotomy of I'm going to fail or I'm not going to fail. Do you see what I'm saying there? So can you see how relating to yourself and forgiving yourself from that way frees you up for future action? Because 
if you forgive yourself for a past mistake, then you're playing into this false dichotomy of right, wrong, or mistake, or not a mistake, or failure, or not a failure. And then moving forward, you're so scared of not being a failure or not making a mistake or whatever the negative thing is. And so then you're acting from very contrived actions. You're probably going to be very controlling um, if you even get into the action you know, at all. Or you might be more in Melissa's case where you're not doing anything because there's all these beliefs that are just honestly scaring the shit out of you. So instead, if you can relate to yourself and just forgive yourself, like, yeah, you did this thing and it was wrong and... Um, you know, I can forgive you for that, but I can also just forgive you that you were just doing the best you could and you were just trying to feel safe and secure in that relationship. If you can relate to yourself in that way, then can you just feel that energy? It's just so much easier to then go out and do the scary thing and it may not result in the result that you wanted, but at least it won't be another way in which you could potentially beat yourself up over. Okay. So the next action step is to connect with previous versions of yourself like you would your inner child. So we don't really do this in today's call. But one thing that I will do with my clients is to connect with themselves the way they would with their inner child. So we always start the inner child work. So someone around the age of five or eight, you know, those tend to be formative times in our childhood. But often if a client is really struggling to let go of a marriage or if they're struggling to forgive themselves for being in like a 20 plus year toxic marriage or whatever it is, something along those lines, then I'll have them connect with that version of themselves. Because often what I'll hear is like, oh, I was so dumb. I was so naive. I stayed in this relationship. I ignore these red flags and da, 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 da. And again, can you feel that if you're beating yourself up over those things, it'll be very hard to move forward because that's just going to be, I mean, again, like imagine if I was your coach and I was like, don't mess up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, then like you're going to probably be scared shitless to do anything. And it's that, and it's, it's really the same thing when you do that to yourself. And so when you can connect with previous versions of yourself, like you would your inner child, then you bring some more compassion into it and it becomes so much easier. Like, okay, let's try the new thing. It may not go well, but we can try and we can learn from it and we can handle whatever comes our way. All right. And then the next action step I have for you is to look at your beliefs. And if you constantly have stories about why you can't do something or why it's hard for you or why something is just an absolute truth as to why, you know, it's not possible. I really want you to get to the bottom of those beliefs. And I specifically want you to get to what do those beliefs keep you safe from? Because again, the answer to those questions are probably some blocks and some patterns that are also showing up in your love life. And, um, I mean, I think a coach can help you or a good therapist can also help you with this as, as well. Again, you know, there are, you know, science is science. We're humans. We only live about, again, 80 years on, on planet earth, you know, going back to the first example that we started this episode with. Um, but it's just not absolutely true that older men only date younger women, you know? And again, I know it's a stereotype. I know that that's a thing that you might see and that you might notice even in your own life, but it's 100% not absolute truth. And if you're operating as if it were 100% absolute truth, then A, you're holding yourself back. B, you might keep attracting that again and again and again. Some people might say that, some people might not. I do tend to think that our attention goes where the energy flows. And so if that's what you're so focused on, then it's not so much that you're attracting that from like a woo-woo perspective. It's just that's what you're going to notice. And so then it's going to become even more true, like confirmation bias will then kick in. So I really do think that this is where working with a third party, again, whether it's a coach or therapist can kind of help you say like, hey, is that really true? And if 
you are operating as it's true? What is it protecting you from? What is it keeping you safe from? What's the benefit of all that? So you can really begin to break down some of these beliefs and be operating from um, a different set of beliefs. Because I always tell this to, to potential clients, you know, the beliefs that we tell ourselves end up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if that is generally true, then we might as well tell ourselves something that we wouldn't mind coming true. And then the final action step I have for you, and this comes from uh, this woman named Byron Katie. She has, I don't know what you call it, just, I guess a system. She calls it the work. And basically it's these four questions and then you turn around the question. Maybe I'll do an episode on that. It's, it's a really interesting process. I really like it a lot. Um, but one of the four questions that she asked when you're trying to debunk you know, these beliefs that you're telling yourself is, what would you do or who would you be if you didn't have these thoughts? So for example, if you believed that you're too old to date, you know, how do you show up? Do you uh, swipe down? Do you kind of close off? Do you assume that person's not going to like you? Do you not really show up as yourself? If you didn't have that belief, if you didn't believe that you were too old to date or too old to find love, then how would you show up differently? What would you do? What would you feel? What would you think? What would you say? And my guess is that the ways that you would show up in that second scenario is it would set you up for a much better chance of having a potential connection you know, with that person. So I think this is a really interesting way to ask yourself these questions. And then also just really write down like literally, what are your action steps? So like, if, again, if you think you're too old to date, and you're operating from that belief, and you're swiping left, well, then maybe, you know, the new action, when you don't believe that you're too old is to swipe right on people that you're attracted to and not really worry about, you know, the story. All right, my dear, that is today's episode. There was a lot in it. Feel free to take a second listen if you need. Um, I think breaking down all these beliefs, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's a big piece of the work that I do with clients. Because you know, the stories we tell ourselves, they're not real, but we certainly do a good job trying to make them real for better or, or worse. And I hope to see you in our workshop this weekend with Sarah and myself. Again, Sarah is an international matchmaker. She was on the podcast last week. So you can listen to that episode and get a little preview of what we're going to talk about. I'm talking all about the inner work in our combined workshop that we're going to do. And she's talking about the more tactical piece to dating. So we're bringing the best of both worlds and our uh, sweet spots together to give you one really wonderful workshop. I'm super excited about it's called How to Consciously Couple. And you can sign up for it for free at veronicagrant.com forward slash conscious coupling. All right, my dear, that is the episode today. Thank you so much. And I will be back next week with a super fun, super special episode. It's all about how to know if you're being gaslit and what to do about it. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to uplevel your love life and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one on one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck, in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. 
You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.